This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Wiener. You might think Republicans would take a breather after banning abortion in the states they control, going after trans kids, banning books about race, sex, and gender, also banning Art Spiegelman's mouse. But no, they've set their sights on a new target, no-fault divorce. For comment, we turn to Katha Pollitt. Of course, she's a poet, essayist, and award-winning columnist for The Nation. She also has written for The New Yorker, The Atlantic, and The New York Times. And her most recent book is Pro, Reclaiming Abortion Rights. And earlier this year, she was a guest on The Daily Show on Comedy Central with Wanda Sykes. Katha, welcome back. Hi, John. Thanks for having me. Well, you open your new column on no-fault divorce with what you call a fun story about a guy named Steven Crowder. I never heard of him, but I see that the Daily Mail calls him an online personality. Is that the way you'd describe him? That's how I describe myself. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I'd never heard of Steven Crowder either, so don't feel bad about that. But the important thing about him is that he went viral for portraying himself as a victim of no-fault divorce. And he was shocked that his wife could just divorce him without his permission. Um, Even, he said, in Texas. uh, (laughs) This was shortly before a video emerged, which which also went viral, in which he berated his heavily pregnant wife for, uh, among other domestic failings, not being, quote, wife-worthy, unquote. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I mean, everything you need to know about why we need no-fault divorce is in that little episode. And somehow in your column, you move from Steve Crowder to John Milton, who is not an online personality. (laughs) No, he certainly isn't. Uh, Well, Milton, Milton is very interesting. Um, Milton was one of the first, if not the first, English writer to call for marriage to be not a religious sacrament that would be enforced and controlled by the church and the state, which was in obeisance to the church, but a civil partnership that unhappy spouses could end at will. And Milton knew whereof he spoke because he himself, this is in the 17th century, mind you, married a 17-year-old girl named Mary Powell, and he barely knew her, and he was 34. Um, And today we would call him some kind of a pervert, but back then it was very common. Um, And so she, after a few weeks, she left him and she stayed away for three years. And she should have have stayed away for longer, I might add, because she eventually came back and died in childbirth. Very sad. Anyway. Well, uh, getting back to the present, uh, or at least to the last century, we, we know that American women got the vote in 1919. When did they get no-fault divorce? Well, it's interesting because the first no-fault divorce legislation in an American state was signed in 1969 by none other than Ronald Reagan. Governor of California. And divorced divorced husband. Um, And now it's the law in every state. But, you know, I should explain what no-fault divorce is because a lot of people might not understand that. What it is, is it says that if the marriage has broken down, one person does not have to prove fault against, 
against the other. It doesn't have to say, well, it's your fault because you were unfaithful or you were mean or you were whatever. So it's really a good thing because before no-fault divorce, you were really stuck um, in your marriage, no matter how terrible it was, unless you could prove one of these things. And that led to a great deal of, in addition to other sorrows that we'll get to a minute, it led to uh, a lot of lying and falsification. I mean, you'll see mo- you know, movies where they set up the husband in bed with someone and then someone rushes in and takes a picture just because you needed to have evidence of infidelity, which was one of the permissible grounds. Um, so it was really a great thing. And it's terrible that the conservatives want to get, some conservatives want to get rid of it. Well, you say it's allowed in all states now, but I read that Mississippi and South Dakota allow no-fault divorce only if both parties agree to dissolve the marriage. And even though California passed no-fault divorce in 1969, it took New York State 40 years. New York State didn't get no-fault divorce until 2010. And I also learned that last year, the Republican Party of Texas added language to its platform declaring, quote, we urge the legislature to rescind unilateral no-fault divorce laws and to support covenant marriage. What is covenant marriage? Well, covenant marriage is uh, the law in three states now, Arizona, Louisiana, and Arkansas. In these states, engaged couples can sign up for a system in which they agree to seek divorce only for a few handful of reasons. Um, And they basically promise to stay married forever and seek counseling and all that. Um, And what's interesting is that, and it shows you how popular no-fault divorce is, that this covenant marriage thing has been in existence for about a quarter of a century as an option, but only about 1% of couples today. Um, Now, ask yourself, if you are the parents of the bride or groom, would you want your child signing on to this? Say, I agree to be trapped forever in a loveless marriage to a terrible person. (laughs) I, I don't think so. Who is more likely to file for divorce now, men or women? Women. And women have been more likely to file for divorce for a very long time. Um, Now it's about two, it's more than two thirds. Um, We don't quite know why this is. For example, men leave a lot of things to women. So maybe they leave the filing of the divorce. (laughs) You take care of it, honey. They've already moved in with their girlfriends and, oh, let her settle it, you know, let her figure it out. Now, Jordan Peterson says the reason women file are more likely to file for divorce is because women are more neurotic than men. They're always looking on the negatives. <laughs> Let's say, let me just emphasize, Jordan Peterson is a online personality, I believe. Well, he writes a lot of books too, but yeah, he's very online. So women are more neurotic. And then I add that given the sexist nature of most marriages, they've got a lot to be negative about. You've reviewed the research on the effects of no-fault divorce. What have scientists found? Well, it's really interesting. They were able to do this because of the long state-by-state rollout of no-fault divorce. So they could separate the effects of no-fault instituting no-fault divorce from other things. And what they found is that it led to dramatic decreases in suicide among wives, uh, decreases in domestic violence, and in murder of murders of wives by their husbands. 
okay, no-fault divorce is a lot better for women, but what about the children? Nebraska, in Nebraska, the Republican Party has declared that no-fault divorce should only be accessible to couples without children. Isn't divorce bad for the children? Well, you know, as a divorced person with a divorced mother, I have to say, I don't think that's true. I think that there's a certain amount of evidence that children of, you know, where the marriage is ended do okay. Children in which a terrible marriage persists are not okay. I mean, it it can't be good to grow up in a family full of hostility and coldness and silence and rage and all the rest of it. Uh, you quote Jim Daly, head of Focus on the Family, saying, God hates divorce in every case. Does God hate divorce even when there's violence and cruelty? Yes. God hates divorce in every case. He means what he says. <laughs> okay. The wife is supposed to fix the marriage. So what, what exactly does God suggest wives should do to fix the marriage if their husband is violent or abusive or an addict, if they are not supposed to leave? Well, they should be super deferential. They should blame themselves. I mean, hey, there two takes two, right? And give her husband lots of sex so he'll cheer up. <laughs> okay. Well, I've always assumed that born-again Christians would have significantly lower divorce rates than the rest of us because they know that God hates divorce and the family that prays together stays together. But is it correct that born-again Christians uh, have significantly lower divorce rates? No, actually, it is not. Born-again Christians have a 33% divorce rate, and atheists have a 30% divorce rate. So, you know, it's pretty comparable. But isn't this crusade against no-fault divorce really just the pet project of a few cranks? Don't a lot of right-wing uh, fanatics get divorced? They do. They do. So many. Um, most recently, Kellyanne Conway, Lauren Boebert, Sarah Palin, and Marjorie Taylor Greene. They've all gotten divorced. You know, so, I looked up the stories of each of their divor divorces because I was so interested in your column on this. Kellyanne Conway, of course, was Trump's campaign manager. And I wonder, uh, what about him? He got divorced several times. <laughs> I've heard about that, too. Uh, Kellyanne Conway's husband, George, hated and ridiculed Trump, but they didn't get divorced during the campaigns. They didn't get divorced until now. Lauren Boebert has a very wild story. She married her husband, I think it was as a teenager, even though he had exposed himself to teenage girls in a bowling alley and served time in jail for that. She dropped out of high school to give birth to their first child when she was 18, and they got married two years after that. And during that time, he was arrested on domestic violence charges after a fight with her, but she didn't divorce him for 20 years until now. Well, God hates divorce. <laughs> and Sarah Palin didn't want to get divorced, but her husband divorced her. She says marriage is so extremely important as the foundation of our nation. And Marjorie Taylor Greene also didn't initiate the divorce. She was sued for divorce by her husband, according to the Daily Mail, after media, she'd been married, they'd been married for 27 years. The Daily Mail says they, she, he sued her for divorce after media reports 
revealed she had repeatedly cheated with other men, including polyamorous tantric sex girl Craig Ivy. Wow. What's his phone number? (laughs) (laughs) She, she, and there's a twist to this too. Marjorie Taylor Greene had originally filed for divorce against her husband in 2012, but then they reconciled. And then this year he sued her for divorce. So there's, you know, different strokes for different folks. Really? Well, the important thing is they had the freedom to do it. You know, I don't understand why anyone, including Republican men, would want a wife who doesn't want to be married to them. So what what do you think is behind uh, this new Republican campaign to get rid of no-fault divorce? I think they want to feel in control, um, that if you can't leave a marriage, you're, especially for a woman, you're at a tremendous disadvantage. And I think that's what it's all about. They don't like the feeling that someone could walk out on them. Divorce has been an ordinary part of American life really since the 70s. So it seems very unlikely that there would be big changes in it now. Well, legal abortion was part of the fabric of life, too, since the 70s. And now it isn't. Katha Pollitt, you can read her new column for The Nation on the right-wing campaign against no-fault divorce at thenation.com. Thank you, Katha. Thank you, John. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. Thank you.